Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. So we're continuing this morning on how to find the will of God. So I want to welcome you and all of you that were able to make it here. A big welcome. I'm very, very excited that you, you could be here. And we're going to continue in this series. I'm going to dive right in and we're going to dive into a very familiar passage of Scripture, which we have used before. It's, it's, uh, it's found in um, Romans chapter 2, sorry, Romans chapter 12. And I'm going to read this out of a few different versions or translations this morning because there, it brings out something that I believe is amazing. And I've entitled this morning's message, A Path to Perfection, uh, or sorry, A Path to Perfect. It could be either way, but right now it's going to be a path to perfect, but it could very well be a path to perfection. You'll see why. So we're in this series, and Romans chapter 2, uh, 12, rather, verse 2, it says, do not be conformed to this world. Now, many of us will put things on autopilot now because we've memorized this passage of Scripture, and I find that familiarity sometimes with Scripture can lead to a lazy mind, to where we're not really getting anything uh, new out of that revelation-wise. We need to mine the Word of God by finding out the mind, D, uh, M-I-N-D, uh, of God. We need to M-I-N-E, the Word of God, to find out the M-I-N-D, Word uh, of God. In Romans chapter 12, don't, don't be conformed to this world. And that's the world system. It's the way of thinking at this world, uh, the way that they think. But be transformed. I love that. Transformation by the renewing of your mind. That's the battleground, and we did a whole series on renewing of the mind uh, a while back. You can go back and find that. Uh, did things like, what was I thinking? Uh, <laughs> exactly, what were you thinking? Because that's determining your life. Uh, but here's why, and this is a big thing, the why that you want to have your mind transformed by the renewing of your mind by the Word of God, that you may prove a lot of people are like, well, prove it to me. Well, there's only one way you're going to prove any of it is get your mind transformed. That you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and here's where we get perfect from our, our, our title of this message, and perfect will of God. How many people would like to know that you're in the perfect will of God. It's the most common thing I hear people, I just need to find God's will. I just don't know what God wants me to do. Uh, I, I'm trying to find out what, the, what my future is. That you, might that you might discover these, or prove rather, the, the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. It gives us three dimensions, if you will, that we can walk in. Good, acceptable, and perfect. Now listen to the uh, New International Version of this. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And what's going to happen when you're transformed, your mind is renewed, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and his perfect will. In other words, before that happens, you're not going to know. You're not going to be able to prove anything. You're not going to be able to test drive that thing. Uh, listen to the New Century version. I love this version. Do not be shaped by this world. Instead, 
be changed within by a new way of thinking. And then you will be able to decide what God wants for you. I just can't make up my mind. I don't, uh, I, I haven't decided. I'm wavering back and forth. Then when you get your mind renewed, when you get into this new way of thinking, you will be able to decide what God wants for you. You will know what is good and pleasing to him and what is perfect. Listen to the ESV version. Again, it starts off with, don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. In other words, you've got to test drive that thing. You get to get behind the wheel of the most advanced, sophisticated piece of machinery in the whole universe. It's your mind. And when you get that mind, your way of thinking, it's an inside job. When you get out of patterns of this world, patterns of fear and lust and, and uh, deception and all of these things, and you get into the mindset, if you will, the mind of God, all of a sudden now, well, it's pretty easy to know the will of God. Now, there is an ancient path, and it's a perfect path. It's a pathway of which the traveler can know that they are in the will of God all the time at any time. And this is what we're going to talk about, why I've called it the path to perfect. It's an eternal and it's called an ancient path. I like that. It's a, it's, a, it's, a travel, it's a path traveled from eternity that God actually has been on. He wants you to get on. That's a super highway, if you will. It's a super highway to heaven. Listen to Jeremiah 6.16. Now, I do have some scriptures for us, but I uh, really want you to stay along for this ride this morning. You're going to get something out of this guaranteed. Jeremiah 6.16 this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is. Remember the good and the acceptable and then the perfect will of God. Ask where the good way is. Where's the good way? Stand there at the crossroads. Look for the ancient paths. Ask for the good way and walk in it. And then... And you will find rest for your souls. But you said, we will not walk in it. In other words, oh, there's a, there's a way that's, that, that, that seems reasonable that, that I should go. There's, there's, a, there's many different paths. And, and I think I'll, I'll think I'll pick that one after all, you know, the Bible and God's Word and all that. It's just so outdated. It's just, it's ancient. And no, you know, we live in a modern world. We live in a postmodern world. Why would I do that? I like the word ancient. In the Hebrew, it's olam, O-L-A-M. And it means this, it means old, ancient, old, timeless, eternal. Ask, ask where the good way is and walk in it. Ask for the good. The word good is T-O-V, tav. It means ask where the agreeable or the prosperous way is. What is that path that I need to get on? Proverbs 3, 6 says this, and many of us have recognized, we've memorized this. It's a great passage of Scripture. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not, what, to your own understanding. In other words, the world's way of thinking that you've picked up and you've got this pattern going on. It's a holding pattern sometimes. Do not lean to your own understanding. 
In all your ways, submit to him. And what's he going to do? And he will make your paths straight. When we get into his way of thinking, out of our way of thinking, we stand at the crossroads, we look for the ancient path, we look for the good way, we, get our, we begin to get our mind transformed, then it says, he will make your paths straight. Psalm 1611, listen to this. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. When you do it God's way, you get on his path. Now, the path to perfect is this, Jeremiah 18, 12. Listen to this. But they will reply, it's no use. We will continue with our own plans. We will all follow the stubbornness of our evil hearts. Yet my people have forgotten me, God's talking. They burn incense to worthless idols. They watch endless episodes of Netflix. They uh, get into stupid conversations. No, it doesn't say that, but it could today. Which made them stumble in their ways in the ancient paths. They made them walk in byways on roads not built up. In other words, a low way, not a highway. Today, they make highways. They have to build the highway up because of floods, things like that, so that people can still get through it has to be a, a higher way. They can't, you can't put a, a, a path that's in a lowlands and expect for uh, traffic and, and for travelers to get through. It's a higher way. And, and it says they have chosen byways on roads not built up. I love doing road trips. And we just did a, a really big road trip over Christmas time. Uh, you know, went down, took the uh, Pacific Highway, which we really hadn't been on for quite a long time, and they finished it, thank goodness. And so we drove down through uh, that way, went through Coffs, and then went to Foster, visited a friend in Foster, and then went down, picked our son up in Sydney, and then we uh, continued on from there to about five-hour uh, drive to Wagga Wagga, uh, spent time there, Christmas time, and came out of Wagga, went back to Sydney, just started to work our way back up on the Princess Highway uh, on the coast. And one of the beautiful things about uh, that, that, that Pacific Highway is, is that it's dual carriageway each way and very little traffic really till you get through a few of the towns and you get slowed down a little bit. You got to watch the traffic uh, cops and get the speeding tickets. Uh, but you can really go, it's kind of a nice cruisy thing because it's, it's pretty straight and it's really fast. And I like that. When I'm on a straight highway, uh, I, I can, you know, do the speed limit, maybe a nudge over it occasionally. Uh, but, uh, you know, just to go straight and, and put on some tunes or a podcast or something, have some good conversation, it's one of my favorite things to do. One of my least favorite things to do, though, is to be on a path or a highway. It's not a highway, a road that uh, you don't know where you're going. You get lost on that. Maybe it's uh, sealed part of the way, then it gets uh, unsealed and it's twisting and turning and you can't really enjoy the trip. Uh, if you're on a motorcycle, it's probably the way that you go. But uh, generally speaking, I just love straight and easy. We used to go uh, on our trip to Wagga Wagga. We used to uh, not take the Newell Highway, but we used to get on the New England Highway. And then you get to around a place called Singleton. It's in the Hunter Valley. And there's a road that, on the map, it's, uh, it's kind of a shortcut. It's 172 kilometers. 
and it goes from Singleton uh, all the way through to uh, this, the uh, northwest uh, suburbs of Sydney. And, and, and the road's called the Putty Road. I don't know if anybody ever been on the Putty Road. Okay, we got a few travelers here. The Putty Road, like putt-putt. It is truly, uh, if you had a motorcycle, you're on a Harley, you'd probably enjoy it because it's got a lot of winding and all of that. It is technically sealed, but kind of like hardly for, you know, two cars can't hardly get by on most of it. And, and I'd never go on that road ever again. Very dangerous road, built like way back, I think at the end of World War II or maybe even before that. But the way to go is to get on the highway. And the way with God is a, is a higher way of thinking. God doesn't want you in this pattern where it's just too slow. It's going to take you forever to get there. You're winding around. You, you wonder if you're lost half the time. You, you can't think about even getting through life. And, and, and you get so discouraged. And, and there's people in the way. And there's problems in the way. And, and there's all of these things where you've got to slow down. Oh, slow down because there's some, some cattle uh, going across the road now. Are we ever going to get there? And when you're really tired because you've been on the road for a long time, which, which is a lot of us, you're going through things, you get wearied, you just don't want winding and, and lots of problems and speed bumps and potholes and, and all of these things. You want to get uh, on a higher way. And God says, I've got a higher way. It's an ancient path. It, it, the modern mind says, oh, that's silly. That's, that's old-fashioned. After all, we've changed. Now, now our, our thinking has totally changed. It's like, well, God hasn't changed because this path that God has, the ancient path, is an ancient way that's eternal that God travels on. It was on a path that, that uh, Zacchaeus intersected with Jesus because Jesus is walking on the path. He sees this, this, this short guy. And this guy's like up in a tree. You know the story. And, and, and Jesus intersects him on a path. It was on a path on the road to Emmaus that Jesus intersects these guys that, that are contemplating what's going on with the crucifixion and the resurrection and all the rumors and the talk of the town. It was on a path that he joins them as they're traveling on a higher way. And they said at the end of their conversation, did not our hearts burn within us? Because he's on that path. God's not going to get on the low way, on the, on the pattern of this world thinking way with you. He's on the higher way and he's saying, come on up. Get, get on my eternal ancient path and, and, and we'll have conversation together. My spirit will walk with you. You'll, you'll find a higher way. You'll find my will for your life if you get on that path. Now I was, uh, had the privilege going to Europe a few times, and one of my favorite things when I, when I go there is to drive on the Autobahn, Autobahn. It, it means the automobile highway built way back. And, and the good thing about the Autobahn is this. There's no speed limit on some of it. So if you have, like, a car that's worth driving, like starting with a BMW, a Porsche, a Mercedes. We were in a Chevy van. <laughs> but still going pretty fast. But the thing that I noticed is these real cars, <laughs> these real cars were passing us like we were standing still. It was like, where did that come from? <sighs> it's like, what was it? 
I don't know. Could have been a Mercedes. I, I don't know because it's already gone. And, and one of the fascinating things was taking off from Frankfurt Airport and the, the plane's taking off and it's getting up, you know, terminal velocity where it's like, okay, this thing's lifting off now. And I looked at the Autobahn, which was almost parallel to the runway that we we're on, and the cars were going faster than the plane. I'm like, look at that. Look at, the, look at those cars. Like, they must be flying. We're flying. And, and I was quite amazed that they could actually go that fast. You can go that fast fast in the will of God when you're on God's highway. But it is a highway. It's not a low way. It's a super highway. It's where your brain has to get engaged with his mind. It's an internal thing. And it allows you to go supersonic with God. It, it allows you to think in a way that the world isn't thinking and to cut through all the darkness and all the nonsense and all the confusion. It's, it's the way of thinking that God's beckoning. But says they chose to do it their way. I think if there ever was a theme song for hell, it would truly be, I did it my way, and you got your result, and look where you're at. And so God is saying to us, this is where I want you to go with your thinking. If you want to find the will of God, this is how you do it. Get off the putty road. Get on the Autobahn. The putty road will take you very slowly, perhaps not even getting to the destination. Gail's mom, my... Uh, mother-in-law, bless her heart, she would tell us, do not take the putty road. And, and it's a long-standing joke between, between her and I, because I always say, I think we'll take the putty road to get home this Christmas. And she knows now it's a joke, but at first she'd just go into this thing. No, I don't want you taking the putty road. She's worried about her precious daughter, and I am too. Uh, don't take the putty road, because you, you might not make it. Take the highway. Listen to some scriptures about the highway. Listen to Isaiah 35, verse 8. This is what God says. And a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. Oh, what's that word? Exactly. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. Isaiah 49, 11. I will turn all my mountains into roads, and my highways will be raised up. Psalm 84, 5. Listen to this. How blessed is the man whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. The, the, the highway to God's destination, God's city. It's a, it's a highway. Isaiah 62, 10. Go through, go through the gates, clear the way for the people, build up, build up the highway, remove the stones, lift up a standard over all the people, over the peoples. Proverbs 16, 17. The highways of the upright avoids evil. Those who guard their ways preserve their lives. Oh, I love this. It's Jeremiah 31, 21. Set up road signs. That's what church is about. Put up guideposts, preaching, teaching. Take the note of the highway, the road that you take. Return, virgin Israel. Return to your towns. Jeremiah 31, 21. Listen to this. Set up for yourself road marks. Place for yourself guideposts. Direct your mind to the highway. 
The way by which you went, return, O virgin Israel, return to your cities. God has an incredible future for all of us. God is not playing hard to get it. He's not trying to confuse us, throw us off the scent. He's got guideposts, signposts, clearly marked. He's got an autobahn of thinking for all of us, but it's not going to just fall into our laps through laziness and lazy thinking. It's going to take some a determined effort, a decision. If you want to get on his highway, you've got to make good choices and start to walk in the good things of God and not see the things that everybody else is seeing. Think, I think I'll take my own path. Thank you. I think I'll go that way. It makes more sense. Lean not to your own understanding, and then God will make your path straight. Now, in uh, 1 Kings 13, there was a man of God. I'm just going to read this because this is incredible. This is a, 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 this is a, a person that got on the ancient path of God. And it says this, by the word of of the Lord, a man of God came to Judah from Bethel. It's all it calls him is a man of God. It doesn't say he's a prophet, although he does prophesy. It doesn't tell us what his name is right here. It just says a man of God. So are you a man of God, a woman of God? You're here today. Listen to what this man of God did. He came to Judah, to Bethel, as Jeroboam, who was an evil king, was standing by the altar to make an offering. And the man of God, he cries out against the altar by the word of the Lord. Oh, altar, altar, this is what the Lord says. A son named Josiah will be born in the house of David. On you, talking to the altar, he will sacrifice the priests of the high places. My goodness, that's pretty horrific. These priests were doing evil. And he says, this man, Josiah, He's going to come along, and he's going to sacrifice the priests on the high places who now make offerings here, and human bones will be burned on you. Imagine that in church if I came out with that one. Uh, okay, yeah. I think we'll find a new church, dear. Let's go down the road. What had happened at this time is Israel had gotten off God's highway. They're taking their own path. They're out of the will of God. They're taking the putty road instead of the highway. And Israel's king, Jeroboam, he corrupts the nation. He introduces a whole new system of worship. He's got a whole pattern of thinking that's not lining up with God's thinking. He makes a, a golden calf. He makes a new altar. He ordains priests that aren't Levites. Oh, why, why do they have to be Levites? The word says they're supposed to be a Levite. Ah, you know, I think we could find some priests that aren't Levites. And, and they're all queued up. They want to get that job. So he compromises. He told Israel... These are your gods. Let's worship all of these things. Now, we have a parade, a parade of gods created before us today, mindsets, ways of thinking. It all makes sense. We lean to our own understanding in these things, but the path, the ancient paths are not such. They don't change. Judges 21, 25. I know I've given you a lot of scripture this morning. You can go back and look these things up. Uh, we're just passing through here. It says, in those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as they saw fit. In these days, does not everybody do as they see fit? So the unnamed man of God comes and he brings the word that a child named Josiah is going to be born. Now, I don't know if you've ever thrown a stone or tried to skip stones across 
like a, a pond. Anybody do that? You think, oh, there's a lake. And it's like a mirror. And you can only do this if there's not a lot of waves. And, and uh, you know, you, you see these beautiful stones. You've got to pick like a nice, flat, smooth stone. You get a few of those. And you're with a friend or whatever. And it's like, hey, you ever skipped a stone? Let's see how many times we can skip this thing. And, and so you pick up a, a, a nice, smooth stone. And you kind of got to give it sidearm. You can't, like, do that. You can't bowl like you do in cricket. Kind of got to give it a sidearm spin, get, the, get that smooth stone. You got to get the right stone, and, and, and that thing will skip. And sometimes you can skip three, four, five, oh, maybe even eight or ten times if you really get the right thing into it and the water's right. And, and this man of God, he gave this prophecy. And, and this is important because God's still speaking to us from way back when. And God is saying to you this morning, there is an ancient path. It has not changed. You can find that path. Uh, my will is on that path. And it's like this man of God, this prophet, he takes, he takes and he, he lobs, he skips these prophecies, these words, clear across time. And the interesting thing is when you throw a stone like some distance away from the shore, the waves come back toward you. They're, they're out there in your future, so to speak, but, but, but they're echoing from your future, coming back into your presence. How would you like to have a word from God coming back at you? Something that's spoken right out there. It's like God just throws a word way out into your future, and then these waves are coming. You're like, man, like I got one wave here. It's called revelation. I mean, in God's word. And, and, and so this king, he starts, Josiah, he, he starts to walk in this. Now listen to how this thing unfolds here, because the prophet, the man of God, lobs a stone 350 years into Israel's future. 350 years later, Josiah is born. He knows nothing about the man of God, the prophecy. He's born into absolute corrupt time in Israel's history. He has no idea that his name is actually in the book. He hears echoes from his future. The word from the man of God that is skipped across the waters of time. Now pick it up in 2 Kings 22. Josiah was eight years old when he became king. And he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. His mother's name was, in verse 2, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and walked in all the ways of his father David, not turning to the right, not turning aside to the right or the left. And in the 18th year, so he becomes a man now. He's 18. In the 18th, 18th year of his reign, rather, so he's uh, 18 plus 8, uh, King Josiah sends the secretary, Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, the son of that guy, to the temple of the Lord. And Hilkiah, the high priest, said to Shaphan, the secretary, I found the book. I, I found the book, the book of the law, in the temple. So the thing's probably hidden. It's got dust all over it, like so many people's Bibles are today, wondering why I can't find the will of God. He finds the book in the temple, and he gave it to Shaphan, who, who read it. So then Shaphan, the secretary, he informs the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read it in the presence of the king. And when the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his robes. And, and for the first time, he finds his identity. You see, 
for you to get into your destiny on the road, the ancient path that God has on God's superhighway. It starts with finding out who you are. It starts with your identity. Identity brings destiny. You won't find destiny until you find your identity. Who are you? And who is he in me? Even a bigger question. Then you'll find out, oh, okay, I know what to do because I'm on the highway. But until you get on the highway, you won't know what you're going to do. I've been lost. I get lost really easy. If I take a deviation off of the highway because it's a shorter way and I think I'm going to end up there quicker, I usually don't. It's usually, did we make a left back there or right? Why is the, the sealed road now a dirt road and it's narrowed down now to a little path with, with cattle on it? I think we better turn around, usually late at night, turn around, try to backtrack, find our way out of it. And, and, and God is saying to you, don't lean to you. Get out of the pattern of this world. Stop doing it your way. Get in my way. Quit arguing with the ancient path. Don't, uh, don't argue with the ancient of days. That's his name. Don't, don't do it your way. If you want God's result, do it God's way. Get your thinking into the book. And he found a book. Have you found a book? I was in a hotel room in San Diego, California. Lost. Seriously lost. I'd partied myself out. I got a new job. I got a new car. I was kind of like, oh, this is cool. I got some things now. But I was lost. I, I was miserable, hopelessly miserable. <laughs> and then someone named Sue Spisak, she gave me a book. She wrote in the book. I still got it. It's a living Bible with a green cover. She put the date in it. She gave me something in the book to look up. So I looked it up. I began to read that living Bible. I, I found a book. And that book had the map. It had a highway, a higher way of thinking in it. I started reading that book, and I, and I thought to myself, the author of this, whoever wrote this, was not just a mere man. Maybe the hands that penned it were men, but this comes from the mind of God. Nobody could come up with this stuff. This is incredible. And when I found the book, I found my identity. And when I found my identity, I found my destiny. And that's the way that it works. Find the book. Get on the highway. Get off the putty road in your thinking. Get your mind renewed to the mind of God. Now look at the outcome, 2 Kings 23. Then the king called together. He, he's excited now. He's 18 years old. He, he's, he's a king that was doing the right thing, probably not sure why. Uh, he had nobody mentoring him. And, and, and here he is now, and he gets this book. And the king called together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. He went up to the temple of the Lord with the men of Judah. Remember what the man of God said he was going to do way back then, 350 years ago. Listen to this. He goes to the temple of the Lord with the men of Judah, the, the, the people of, of Jerusalem, the priests, the prophets, all the people from the least to the greatest. He read in their hearing all the words of the book, all the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found in the temple of the Lord. And the, the king stood by the pillar and renewed the covenant in the presence of the Lord to follow the Lord and keep his commands regulations, decrees of all his heart and soul, thus confirming the words of the covenant written in the book, and all the people pledged themselves to the covenant. In other words, 
they repented. They changed their mind. They got on the path that God wanted them on as a nation, and they got off of the paths of their own ways of, of thinking. Now, 2 Kings 23, we're almost finished. 2 Kings 23, 13. The king also, this is what he does. He just goes on a rampage. He finds out his, his identity, who he is, this man that God said he was. And, and look at this. He starts to fulfill this. He goes uh, on a rant. The king desecrates the high places that were east of Jerusalem, the south uh, of the hill of corruption. The one Solomon, the wisest man in the world of Israel had built after Ashtoreth and the vile goddess of the Sidonians and the, and the Chemosh, the vile god of Moab, and, the, and, and for Molech, the detestable god of the people of Ammon, and, and Josiah smashed the sacred stones and cut down the Ashtoreth poles and covered the sites with human bones. Why that? Because anything dead touches any, anything, even false deities, it desecrates it renders it powerless. If you go to Jerusalem today outside the uh, north gate, I think it is, of the city, you'll find a graveyard there. And some say that the thinking is, because that's the gate uh, where Jesus is supposed to enter into the, the, the city, and we've been there, uh, that he couldn't go that way because of all the dead things, all the dead people, all their bones there, and, and, and that gate is it's walled up. So how is he going to get across that one? That's, the, that's their way of thinking. And, and, and so he goes and he covers everything with human bones. Even the altar of Bethel, the high place made by Jeroboam, son of Nabat, who had cursed Israel to sin. Even that altar and the high place he had demolished. He buried the high place and the ground, he ground it to powder and burned the Ashtoreth pole also. He, he's doing some serious business here. And he, and he looked around and when he saw the tombs that were there on the hillside, he had the bones removed from them and burned on the altar to defile it in accordance with the word of the Lord proclaiming the man of God who foretold these things. Then the king asked, what is that tombstone I see? And the men of the city said, it marks the tomb of the man of God. Who was that man? We don't know. The man of God, the woman of God that declared, I will lob a word 350 years across this lake, and it's going to echo back at wave after wave. And, and, and this man, Josiah, he's going to hear this, and he's going to, he's going to pick it up, and he's going, to, he's going to get the whole nation on a highway. He's going to do what these other cowards can't do. He's going to desecrate their stinking false idol gods things the way the he's going to transform and renew our minds. He's going to get us in a way that we can walk. It marks the tomb of the man of God. Do I have any men and women of God in this house this morning? Come on. You know, I don't want the dash between the dates on my tombstone just to be nothing. I would hope that even like in the book of Hebrews, they being dead, they still speak. You might be older like me, and you might think, well, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Just keep on speaking. Keep on lobbing stones into the future of your destiny. Start taking up the Word of God and get on the highway and start to say to every generation, you can do it. Come and join me. Let's get on the Autobahn together. Let's get out of the way of stinking thinking, and let's get on the way of higher thinking. God's highway is a highway, and the righteous run into it. It's a high tower for goodness sake come on church 
And they said it marks the tomb of the man of God who came from Judah and pronounced against the altar of Bethel the very things you have done. He repents for the whole nation. He gets them all there in the, in the assembly. He discovered what was written in the book. You might be here and you might be thinking, man, I wish that uh, somebody would write me a letter with my name in it. I wish that somebody would give me a book for some promises in my life. Friends, you got a book with 66 love letters from the king written to you. Have you read any of them? Uh, or is that book collecting dust somewhere? One, one of the things that I cannot stand, somebody, I say, do you got a Bible here? Because, you know, pray and maybe somebody's invited me over for some healing. And they hand me a book and it's a virgin. It's like the gold is still on the leaves. None of the pages, there's no writing in it. You can tell it hasn't been read. And I, and I look at it and I go, no wonder that you got no power. No wonder you're always struggling. Because you've got to open that book. And when you, when you read that book, that book will speak back to you. It'll call you by name. It's saying, would you please meditate on what I've written. I've got 66 letters in a book. Love letters that'll echo from way back there, thousands of years, some of them, that go right up past your future and are coming back on you on every wave so that you can get on the higher way of thinking, have your mind transformed, the renewing of your mind, and you can test drive that thing on an Autobahn faster than a Porsche, faster than a Mercedes, faster than a Lamborghini faster than that airplane. You can get on God's highway and you'll know what the will of God is for your life. Just stay on the highway and you're already on it. I don't apologize for shouting if you're watching on YouTube. You have to have been here. That's all I can say. The pastor's fired up about this. Because I see so much going on around me in the world and you do too. And I think God's got a highway. But somebody's got to tell him. Somebody has to be the man of God, the woman of God, that would dare to speak out some things. And somebody else has to read what the many men and women of God throughout the centuries that were on the ancient path, what they wrote through the corridors of time. It has to hit our ears and hit our heart and transform our minds so that we can test drive this thing and we can change this world from the inside out. I don't have to stand there echoing the problems that are going on in this city and in this world. I can say, no, I'm not, that's not acceptable. We're going to turn those things over. He got wild. God's looking for some wild Christians. My question to you, wherever you're at in this world, would you be one of them? Or are you just going to be norm? Oh, don't, don't call your kid that. You're just going to be beige. You're going to blend in. I don't want to stand out. Then take your way. And it's a road that never will lead into the will of God. I'm passionate. How about you? Can I pray for you this morning? Wherever you're watching, if you're watching this recorded online, I believe the Holy Spirit will meet you right in that room where you're watching. If you're listening in your car, perhaps you're, watch, you're listening to the podcast, God's going to speak to you. If he already has it, he will speak to you. And I believe that God's saying to 
Every one of us, if we're not on that highway, why not? Well, what do you got going that's more important? Do you want to know God's will for your life? Father, I thank you. Speak to people right now, everywhere, whoever this message from the man of God is reaching. Speak. Speak, O oh Lord. Help us, Lord, to see what we have to forsake and say no to. Help us to be wild and repentive, radical in our faith so we can step up onto a higher way of thinking, have our mind renewed, transformed, that we might know what is that good, that acceptable, and yeah, that path to perfect that leads us all the way into perfection in eternity. We have the mind of Christ available. Father, I just thank you right now. If you're here right now and you don't know Jesus, you've got one thing, one move. That's to ask him into your heart. If you've been away from him, you've got one move. Come back. So I'm going to pray this prayer. You can, you can pray it after me. In fact, why don't we all do it? I do this pretty well every week because I don't want to ever finish a message without an opportunity for people to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior. Say this after me. Dear God, I thank you for saving me. Jesus, I give you my life. Amen and amen. God bless you for watching. Uh, take this message, share it. It's on YouTube. Uh, podcast again. Make sure you share it, like it, do all those things so we can get more of the word out. And uh, God bless you guys. Can't wait till next week. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.